0: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Jake Karowski here. You guys heard from me earlier this week. We had Logan Brown, Spencer Lytle, on the first of uh, at least a couple of podcasts this week, and uh, we're going to start it off right right now. It's Wednesday afternoon, just after the noon hour. I think John McNamara and I are on at least five to six. Okay, he only said a couple of cu- cups of coffee, but I'm on like four to five Diet Pepsis already uh, since about five thirty, six o'clock this morning. John, uh, big day, obviously early signing period for the 2019 National Signing Day. How big is it for you guys over at over at Rivals and, and Badger Blitz?
1: Uh, you know, it's huge. Uh, it's it's kind of the biggest day of the year for us. Uh, but I will admit, you know, with the with the early signing period. It's taken out, uh, you know, a little bit of the excitement and, uh, I guess, a little bit of the, uh, you know, the frantic nature of the day, uh, you know, from from the Februarys that I can remember in the past. So, uh, you know, last year was was really quiet from a Wisconsin's point of view in terms of, uh, you know, them having the group that they targeted and and all those guys signing without any hiccups on, you know, along the road. And you know, this year was much of the same thing. Uh, you know, you got up early in the morning and. Uh, You know, the 19 scholarship guys that they wanted to sign uh, all fell in line without any, uh, like I said, without any hiccups. And, you know, they added a a few walk on guys. So uh, much of it was wrapped up, I think, around, you know, 10 o'clock a.m. our time here in Wisconsin. So, uh, it's it's a day that the coaching staff uh, I'm sure certainly appreciates with a without any any late drama or any late additions or any late subtractions. So uh, for the second year in a row, it's been pretty uneventful, and I would imagine that's that's exactly the way Paul Chris likes it.
0: Yeah, as I was gonna say, you kind of gave a hint of a general overview there, where just the no drama. I mean, that's one thing you know, you, talking to UW and when a UW official. Earlier this week, or it was earlier this week or la- last week, and they didn't. They thought, you know, like last year, the precedent was sent where they'd sign early on. And but what's your what's your general overview of this class? You have obviously four star talents, highly touted recruits that are playing in the All American Bowl with Logan Brown, Graham Mertz, and then you know you have some guys. Uh, you know, I would say maybe a late bloomer like uh, Muma Jungmeta uh, from Illinois. And then, you know, guys like like a Quan Easterling, who, uh, you know, listed as a running back right now for this class with the 19 signees scholarship wise. But, you know, it looks like a fullback and you watch some of his huddle film and he looks like a player that could, you know, in a year or two really blossom into a a great lead blocker.
1: Yeah, you know, right now it's it's the highest rated class on paper that uh, Wisconsin is expected to sign. and. Uh, you know, that could change in the next couple of weeks with the February uh later period for signing. You know, not everyone is signed today and uh you know a few guys will be, you know, signing, you know, even tomorrow and the and the following day and into February. So uh you know, right now we have them as the number 24 class in the nation. Uh as long as they finish below number thirty-three, that would be uh the highest rated class Wisconsin's had in you know, you could say the internet era, which dates back to two thousand two. So You know, there's certainly a lot to like there, but you know, you can really only judge a class, you know, after the after that group's been in the program three or four years. But you know, for a day like today, it it is big. You know, six four-star kids, and you know, everyone knows about Logan Brown, uh, the second highest-rated offensive tackle they've signed behind Josh Oglesby, Graham Mertz, the highest-rated quarterback that that they've signed uh, since 2002. So you know, those guys are highly touted guys, and and guys that have been written a lot, uh, you know, quite a bit about, and, and for good reason. But you know, you know, there's also guys like Samar Melvin and Hayden Rucci, other four star kids, Rodis Johnson, the defensive tackle from Ohio, who fits a huge need for them in this class. So uh, there's a lot to like, top to bottom. Uh, and it's and, you know, it's a big reason why, like I said before, this is this is the highest rated class that they that they've had at Wisconsin since 2002.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and you know, we. We had a chance to talk with you. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity, by the way, being part of your roundtable on BadgerBlitz.com with uh, you know you and John Gorman, John Valdice, uh talking about the class. And I think I mentioned like for underrated, like not to uh, go off tangent, but you know I, I mentioned like Hayden Rucci being a four star kid, but maybe not getting you know with just how I mean maybe it's because of the offense with the how the loss of Xander Neville kind of impacted the, even though the rushing game was one of the top 10 in the nation, you know, they still had to use two different linemen for a jumbo formation. I think, you know, that inline tight end is so crucial to Paul Chris offense. I feel like a kid like Caden Rucci could be someone that's a little underrated because of, of what he could develop into. And now in, like you said, that we always preface that by saying, we don't know how, what'll happen, you know, this season, seasons down the line in their progression or development. But uh, it, you know, this class, I guess with just the recruiting services, John, you know, how hard is it for, for, you know, rivals or, you know, to you know or, you know, you or when you watch tape to evaluate some of these high school kids where, you know, per recruiting cycle or, you know, you have, you know, Wisconsin knows its walk on tradition. And, and some of those players pop up that are underrated. Uh, but now with the advent of, of huddle and all these other video, you know, video and technology kind of creating a smaller world, how hard is it to. Evaluate some of these high school kids coming out of high school, going into college.
1: Yeah, you know, from I guess from a coaching perspective, and this is also, you know, I not not also, but always kind of rung true with Wisconsin is, uh, you know, they want to see these guys up in person at their camp, and uh, you know, you look at a guy like Logan Brown who camped in in the summer of 2016, and. Uh, that was when he was just coming off his freshman year of high school and uh, Wisconsin began that recruiting process with him at, at that camp. And, you know, it is pretty evident there, you know, I was at that camp too. And he he stood out as a 14 or 15 year old among like, you know, 300 other guys there. Uh, and then, you know, Wisconsin got to spend a lot of time with him and Joe Rudolph got the chance to work with him pretty extensively. Uh, Graham Mertz is another guy that, that they had at camp and uh, they got a chance to work him out. And, you know, that, that evaluation took place there. So I I think from a Wisconsin perspective and, you know, likely from a lot of other schools across the country, getting them at at, at your camp and getting, uh, you know, the chance to work those guys out and, you know, specific position drills and stuff like that is huge. Um, You know, in terms of what we do, you know, from a a recruiting uh, perspective and and from, you know, rivals.com and stuff like that, you know, I I watch the guys tape, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert, you know, you know, I think, you know, the offers kind of ring true, you know, for a guy like Mertz. Obviously, he picked up offers from from just about every school in the country. Um, So, you know, I don't go and watch, you know, the top, you know, 100 running backs huddle films pretty extensively, but, you know, I I do try to get out and see as many kids I possibly can. You know, I saw Julius Davis twice last year, saw him once this year. I saw him in the summer at at an Under Armour event. So, you know, again, from my perspective, just like the coaches, getting to see them live. Uh, in front of some other competition helps quite a bit. So, um, you know, I feel like I know Wisconsin's. Uh, you know, the the guys that they're targeting pretty well. But you know, nationally, I'm not watching that much huddle or or that much tape from guys outside the state who are committed to other schools.
0: Yeah, no, I think that'd take you hours upon hours per day, just trying to cycle through all those players and, and just how, you know, like I said, how expansive that is now. And, you know, you, you know, we're here with John McNamara from rivals, badger com here on Bucky's fifth podcast, one of our early signing period national signing day podcasts. And I mean, you know, looking at this class, in your opinion, what was the biggest recruiting win for you, uh, you know, in your perspective just with this class. And I mean, uh, I think holding on to Graham Mertz is a big win in it of itself. With just the the blue bloods of college football coming after him, uh, a kid like Spencer Lytle who had some late offers from Iowa and Northwestern reportedly. Uh, what what really stood out to you for as as the biggest win for for this class for Paul Christ?
1: That's a good question. Uh, I think just overall the thing that that impresses me the most is, you know, the the big-time guys that they're mentioning. You know, I love Julius Davis and Leo Chennault, uh, Keanu Benton, but, you know, the big-time battles that they won for were for out-of-state kids. And, you know, that's awfully impressive to have, you know, your most highly rated guys come from outside the state um, because, you know, they, they all got offered from a lot of national powers and um, some of them turned down in-state offers to to go to Wisconsin, which is awfully impressive. But, you know, I think the name that stands out to me is Spencer Lytle. Uh, When you look at, you know, biggest wins, uh, you know, he's a guy that had, you know, 40 plus scholarship offers, uh, was down to Wisconsin and Clemson uh, down the home stretch there. And he he picked Wisconsin, you know, even coming from a a program like St. John Bosco in California, which is which is absolutely a national powerhouse where college coaches are in there on a daily basis, you know, during the time frames when they're allowed to be there Uh, for Wisconsin to go in there and land a player of his caliber, I thought was awfully impressive. Uh, Bobby April, you know, laid a lot of that groundwork there and, um, you know, Jim Leonard helped out there, you know, because he, he was there for Titus Toller, and Anaki uh, Brechterfield was there as well. So, uh, you know, to go into a high school like that and, and land a, a player of the caliber of Spencer Lytle, I thought was awfully impressive. But, you know, you can make a, a case for a lot of other recruiting battles in, in this class where Wisconsin came out on top and and beat some, uh, you know, you know, pretty high profile programs from across the country
0: absolutely and it, it's yeah this class i mean there's 19 signees uh you know they also announced obviously some uh some walk-ons we'll get to the walk-ons in a little bit but just checking out they had one two three four see six walk-ons uh that they announced for today um and we'll get to them in a little bit but which position group benefited the most with this 2019 recruiting cycle i mean i tend to look at the defensive line with just the depth and you hear Caden Lyles, Paul, Chris mentioned he's going back to the offensive line. And this was just a year type, uh, you know, just to fill in gaps uh, for a line that didn't progress with you know David uh, Pfaff and and Craig Howe not necessarily getting a lot of snaps uh, as redshirt juniors. Uh, and but I look at the three defensive linemen that are in this class. Uh, I'm I'm looking at even Hayden Rucci at tight end at that in line position uh, on the line as a tight end. But who who in your opinion would really you know which position group or which which position group coach really benefited with with who they signed uh, today?
1: I, you know, I think it's defensive line, and I don't think it's close. Uh, you know, you talked about Jake the, the the kind of the state of the current position there, and um, you know they they had a big turnover. You know, with uh, with the graduation last year of Chico Obashi and uh, Connor Sheehy, Alec James, and you know the injuries to start the year were were difficult. Were Isaiah Laudermelk and Garrett Rand, and uh, it was an up and down year for that group. It was, you know, I guess a very much a, a learning year for that group. And, you know, they had to uh, have an impact this year in this 2019 class at, at that position. I think they did that. Um, you know, with Gio Paez, a guy that can play defensive tackle and, and, and defensive end, you know, he he brings some versatility. I think Rodas Johnson's in that same boat where, you know, he'll he'll be penciled in at nose guard, but he can bump out if you need him to. And then Keanu Benton, uh, another nose guard uh, you know, six foot three, two hundred eighty-five pounds. Uh, you don't see a lot of guys like him in Wisconsin's backyard. So when you when they do come about, you have to capitalize on that, and the Badgers did. So I think they're getting three guys uh, who who have a chance to play early, uh, who are impact guys, and uh, and guys who are pretty versatile. And and you know they can probably play best on the interior, but if you needed to move them around a little bit, you can. So um, I think that was the biggest position need in this class. And I, th- I thought that Wisconsin did a very good job uh, addressing some of those needs. And, you know, if you look beyond this early signing period, uh, if they have a scholarship or two left to play with, I think they go back to defensive line. You know, you, you look at a guy like Deshaun Hall from Louisiana. He has an offer from Wisconsin. He didn't sign today. Last time I talked to him, he wanted to take a visit to Wisconsin in January. So I think they they've added three guys who they feel really good about. And uh, it could be a position that grows to four, you know, before February uh, for that second signing period later uh, in a couple months or so.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, John, too, with that, you you kind of hit it on the head and I was going to ask you about that, too. So you have Deshaun Hall, obviously, like a Louisiana Tech uh, commit. Anybody else from that, you know, that could possibly, you know, in that the official day back in, you know, was it February 6th, uh, the first Wednesday of of the month of February, is there anyone else besides Hall that really pops out to you as anyone that fans should be looking out for or watching heading into the you know more of the winter months months?
1: You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens once the dust settles today. Uh, well, I guess you know even farther beyond today, after this recruiting window, this first one, uh, you know, guys who do sign, and you know, most importantly, guys who don't sign, who maybe you expected to. Um, so if, you know, if any names kind of pop up after this, this first window, uh, I think Wisconsin will go back to the drawing board and, and look at what the scholarship count that they have left. Uh, I was told they have one left, but that's, that's a number that that's constantly changing with, you know, the, the attrition on the, on the current roster and, and other things going on there. So, um, you know, we talked about Hall, I think if there is someone else to potentially watch, um, Michael Axelrood, uh, from Evanston, Indiana, or I'm sorry, Evanston, Illinois Uh, He visited unofficially for a game this fall, and he was back on campus Sunday for another unofficial visit. Um, You know, he projects to play safety. I thought they may have closed the door there with with Titus Toller's commitment, but, you know, maybe they feel like he's a guy that they want to add at some position in this class, Um, you know, maybe as a scholarship guy, maybe as a walk-on guy. That's kind of yet to be determined right now. But, you know, I think it's pretty telling that they had him on campus Sunday. Um, so we'll see what happens with him. But, uh, you know, moving forward, I think they do have one spot left. Hall would probably be at, atop the board. But uh, I would expect some new names to surface in the next couple of weeks or so once Wisconsin begins the evaluation process on the guys that are still available out there.
0: Yeah, I'm here with John McNamara, BadgerBlitz.com, Rivals.com, here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Jay Kokorowski here, uh, here as well in Madison. It, you know, which is there an underrated kid? In this cl- in this class a player that that could pay a huge dividends down the road and we don't want to project too much like you mentioned you know we, uh, and that's one thing even on our um, for Bucky Smith quarter for some of our writers had a round table that's, that's up on the site and I kind of put a disclaimer out there. Uh, you don't want to project too much but is, is there a kid that may be under the radar with this class that could end up in your opinion making some you know making a, a bigger strides and maybe what the the star ranking could uh, designate currently?
1: You know, there's a, there's a few guys I think that that fit that category. Usually, you know, we talked about Geo Paez. Uh, you know, he's a guy. You know, I th- I think he's going to be a solid guy. He reminds you of Connor Sheehy. Uh, you know, someone who's probably best suited defensive end, but can play defensive tackle for you. Um, he's not as highly rated as I think he could, should probably be. Uh, you could even go Julius Davis. You know, we have him as a three star kid. Uh, Julius Davis is a guy. That, like I said, I got to see him last year. Uh, I saw him play early on this season. I saw him in the summer. Uh, I, I feel like he's a four-star kid and we have him rated as a three-star right now. And, uh, you know, I feel, I feel good about our analysts and the, the, the time that they put in there. Um, you know, I, I think Julius Davis is going to be a real good player for Wisconsin. Uh, you, you look at a guy like James Williams, who kind of quietly came up for an official visit this summer, uh, committed to the Badgers. And, you know, he's a four-year starter at Chaminade Madonna down in uh, South Florida. Uh, which is a pretty big deal because you know the football there is is top notch. So you know it wouldn't be surprising if a guy like James Williams came in here and, and played as a true freshman, even though that's that's a pretty young uh, you know position room right now with, with a with a lot of guys in it. So um, you know I think there's a handful of guys you can make a case for. You know those three might be might be guys to uh, to keep an eye on. But like you know you said Jake. Uh, projecting too much right now is, is, you know, it, it is what it is. It's just, it's just a projection. So, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are getting on campus this summer and I'm excited to see them in fall camp.
0: And, you know, I guess we talked about the, un- you know, maybe some under the radar kids, but is there a commit that was the most surprising to you that, that came to Wisconsin? I mean, uh, you know, for me, maybe not surprising in the sense of coming to Wisconsin, but how quick like a Geo Piaz uh, who committed that, you know, the day of or right at the end of his official visit or uh, you know, a player and just kind of a surprise, maybe like a Titus Toller. how quickly that, I mean, obviously Colorado fired Mike McIntyre in November and that kind of opens up the, the the floodgates for other programs to kind of say, Hey, are you interested? And obviously he was in, in Wisconsin, but is there, is there a commit that's the most surprising to you that decided to come to Wisconsin?
1: Well, Cameron Phillips uh, caught me by surprise. Uh, You know, he was a guy who, you know, we wrote a lot about right in the beginning of this 2019 class. Uh, He was uh, a receiver they offered really early in the process, and they got him on campus. And uh, he looked like someone who who could end up at Wisconsin with potentially an early commitment. Um, And that didn't happen. He he went to play his senior season at IMG Academy in Florida. Uh, He actually got hurt. Uh, prior to the start of his senior year, and he didn't end up playing uh, this past fall. And you know, just a couple of weeks ago, his name resurfaced, and it you know resurfaced really quickly when he announced his commitment to Wisconsin. Uh, you know, even though he's going to be a preferred walk on, he he's definitely caught me by surprise. And you know, being a three star kid, he's going to enroll early at Wisconsin and take part in spring camp. So uh, his commitment surprised me, even though it was just a preferred walk on. I, I think he's a guy that could earn a scholarship potentially early at Wisconsin, and. Um, you know, if if he's right and he's healthy, I think he could be one of the more talented guys in that position room uh, in the next year or so at, at Wisconsin.
0: And, you know, talking about walk-ons, perfect segue, by the way. It's like you've done podcasts before, right? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, My pleasure. Uh, I was going to say, uh, when it comes to the walk-ons, you know, they announced six today and... I, I think the big name, like you mentioned, is, is Cameron Phil- Phillips or Cam Phillips. Uh, but you have some in-state kids. I think a Jackson Colleth, uh, who they're saying is a, walk, a linebacker, inside linebacker, I think is interesting. Uh, Tatum Grass has – you watched him in the film there. Even a Blake Wilcox, uh, who you know we had a chance to talk with in October – and just talking about how his game as a kicker and he can kick, he can punt from what, what it seems like. And he's, I think he's playing in the Under Armour, All-American Bowl two, uh coming up, but you know, what, what looks, I mean, and obviously this is my, I try to make it my wheelhouse uh, for walk-ons, but uh, what stands out to you about this class of six players that, that, you know, could make an impact and, and could fill in the holes where, you know, other players, commits don't, you know, or other signees or other players may may fall at the wayside.
1: Yeah, you know, for one, it's it's smaller. Uh, you know, if you look at years past, uh, Wisconsin's brought in, you know, I guess a bigger number of walk-ons. And, you know, when you do that for two or three years in a row, there's just, you know, not enough, uh, enough roster spots. So um this this is definitely a smaller group. I think there could be more added on uh before the February period. I know there's a few guys that they're still in talks with guys uh that they're still evaluating. But, you know, in terms of the the six that they added today, you talked about Blake Wilcox and I like him quite a bit. Um, not that I am a any sort of expert on kicking or punting or snapping and anything like that. But, uh, you know, I, I went out to see Trey Wedig play, uh, who's committed to Wisconsin, that 2020 class from Kettle Moraine, And uh, the game I went to, Blake Wilcox drilled like a 55 yard kick and you know, it might have been good from 65 yards. So uh, that was kind of all I needed to see from him, but you know, he's a big kid, six foot four, 205 pounds, uh, listed as a kicker, oh, yeah. but you know, he could, he could handle field goals. He can handle kickoffs and he's a guy that can maybe punt for you as well. So, um, he's, he's someone that I think, uh, you know, from that long line of, you know, walk on tradition at, at the special teams area for Wisconsin. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a guy that you see early and has a nice career for Wisconsin.
0: No, I, I don't know I sent you the agenda. Just. This- Kind of pulling back the curtain here on, on Bucky Smith podcast. My one question, and I forgot to a- ask you this too. I mean, going back to, going back to Graham Mertz and maybe this will we'll end it on this. And in terms of expectations for, for a f- true freshman quarterback, and you've seen it, I've seen it, you know, we, we monitor our social media uh, and, and our comments and our respective websites, but what, you know, what should be the expectations for a true freshman quarterback in your opinion, when it comes to. Obviously, he's enrolling early. He'll be here in January, so he'll have the spring practices to really kind of dive in, which is a great time where you've seen guys like Joel Stave, Alex Hornibrook, Jack Cohn all take advantage of that uh, and, and use it to their advantage uh, and get meaningful playing time in their second years, uh, respectively, for those three. But what you know, what should be the expectations for Mertz where, at a position where there's a little bit of turmoil, you could say? Uh, with Alex Hornibrook not progressing to the way some people thought that I thought for sure, and Jack Cohn, you know, still getting used to it as a second-year quarterback, that you know he he shined in the fourth quarter against Purdue and looked good against the Boilermakers. I would say overall, but uh, maybe it wasn't the everyone's favorite person is you know, player is a backup quarterback, and maybe he didn't show as much as people would have liked, but. What should be the expectations for for Mertz to come in and and, and you know kind of digest this offense?
1: Yeah, that's that's going to be and you know probably should be the most popular question uh, heading into spring camp. And um, I guess you know I'd say that he has a has a shot, and I, I say that because he's going to take part in spring camp. And I I think spring's going to be a blur for him um, in terms of you know trying to digest that playbook and you know, trying to figure out what it means to be, you know, just a, a college student athlete with, with all that goes into it. But I think things will slow down for him this summer. And, um, you know, I think he'll make some big gains from the spring to the fall. So uh, like I said, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can bring. You know, can he compete for a starting job? I don't know. You know, a lot remains to be seen at that position. You know, what's the status of Alex Hornibrook? Uh, does he play in the pinstripe bowl? Does he play beyond, uh, you, you know, into his senior year? Do are, you know are those head injuries lingering with him? So there's huge question marks surrounding him. You know, does Jack Cohn redshirt this year? Does he play in the bowl game? Uh, does he take another step forward? So uh, you know, Graham Mertz, if there's a guy that's going to come in here and compete for time as a true freshman at the quarterback position, you know, Mertz is probably that guy. Um, you know, can he come in and start? I'd say no, but you know who knows until we really get a chance to see him against college competition. I think I think it's a huge thing to ask for a true freshman to come in and play in the Big Ten, regardless of what program you're coming into. So I think I think it's too much for fans to expect Mertz to come in and blow away a guy like Alex Hornerbrook if he is healthy, only because Hornerbrook's been in the program for then four years, and you know J- you know Jack Cohn's been in the program for three years at that time. So. Uh, it, it's a huge thing to ask of a true freshman, but you know, if there is a guy that can do it, uh, it, it might just be Graham Mertz, you know, am I saying that he's going to be Wisconsin starting next year? No, I don't think it's going to be him unless something crazy happens. Like Hornbrook walks away and, you know, that's not me giving any inside information. That's just speculation there. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, Graham Mertz is a guy that people should be excited about and we'll have to see how things play out this spring in, in, in the summer and even into the fall john
0: man it's always great talking with you my friend
1: what do you guys got going on for the
0: rest of, of the signing day period uh this week and, and coming up for you guys uh, on BadgerBlitz.com?
1: well i have a nap coming up soon uh, <laughs> Right after i post i post a signing day grade so yeah we i just before we got on here we posted some some grades for for the for the offense and then we'll post some grades for the defense come up later today uh a few more things to kind of you know, tie a bow on this twenty nineteen class. And then uh on Monday we're gonna start with some of our positional previews for the twenty twenty class. So uh it's kind of a thing that never ends. And you know, I think Paul Chris mentioned the other day a practice that, you know, he talked about recruiting three three classes at once. Uh, you know, with this twenty nineteen class, this twenty twenty class, and even twenty twenty one. And, you know, we saw that this Sunday when they offered Brian Sanborn, a sophomore linebacker uh, from Illinois, you know people know his brother Jack Sanborn, who signed in the 2018 class. So, uh, it's it it's just a never-ending thing, and uh, you know we're excited to to uh, to start coverage for 2020 and beyond. Uh, I guess tomorrow. So it, it never stops. John, it's always great having you on, man.
0: Uh, we, we love to have you on, obviously down the road again, and and thanks again for making some time today uh, on a very busy early signing period Wednesday. No problem. My pleasure. Guys, John McNamara from BadgerBlitz.com, Rivals.com. Of course, follow follow him uh, on Twitter, at McNamaraRivals. We're going to take a quick break, come back. Graham Mertz will play our interview with the four-star quarterback who's enrolling early here on Bucky's fifth podcast. And now joining us on Bucky's fifth podcast, just signed earlier this morning, you saw all 19 uh, national letters of intent confirmed with Wisconsin, and one of those is four-star quarterback Graham Mertz. He now joins us after a busy day. Graham, are you tired? Like, how does it feel now having the your recruiting process officially over? Man, you, you signed your national letter of intent. You're coming to Wisconsin in less than a month. Just what's what's going through your head? What's what's the feelings right now?
2: I'm ready to go. It's. Uh... It's really been my dream to sign and um, my entire life. And today it's, kinda, it's cool just to see it come into reality. And uh, I'm ready to get up there and get to work.
0: Now, you know, talking real quick about the process, man, when, when did Wisconsin kind of get a hold of you and start talking to you? And, and then what sealed the deal back last October?
2: Yeah, so my first offer was Kansas. And that was before, before I even played a high school game. And then Wisconsin was after my second game. And I think I, I think it was Minnesota was second, or they were second, one of those. But I committed with uh, three offers, and then, yeah, I just my main thing was I went up to the North, Northwestern game two years ago, and I, I just fell in love with it. I knew the place I had to play, I had to play at, and develop. And uh, yeah, throughout the whole process, it just kept getting stronger and stronger, and nothing really made me waver from that idea, that uh, that plan.
0: And you know, when, where does, I mean, how's it feel by the way, like you mentioned, just a quick follow-up on how's it feel like getting an offer from a school, from a division one power five school without even playing like in varsity, is that weird? Or yeah. what, what goes through your head on, you're like, oh man, like, I mean, is it, were you at camps for them? Or, or how did that relationship grow there?
2: So I didn't have any game film. Like I, I literally had didn't have one play of game film. And then, uh, coach Sims, he took us to like a little team camp at Kansas and we went, we went through like two scrimmages against the team and then they took me to the office and offered. And that was like the first time where I was like, Oh, like, all right, I can do this. <laughs> so, that was like that was like, the one time where I really felt that, uh, that, that kind of propelled me into my, my, my work for it now.
0: That's, that's insane, yeah. man. Uh, we're here with Graham Mertz on Bucky's fifth podcast. It's, so what, what went through today? What was your ceremony like? Uh, or, you know, I know a lot of players I think had their, you know, they signed their, their national letters of intent early, and then they had a ceremony kind of thereafter. How, how, how did your day go?
2: Yeah, I had a, I signed this morning at like at 701, because that was when I could do it. So I signed <laughs> as fast as possible, turned it in and then uh, went to school, had three finals. And then I had to be a really nice little ceremony at my school where Uh, Just me and one of my best friends, Dina McCullough, he signed to Miami of Ohio, so we were the only two that were early enrollee guys that signed for my school, but we got – my school, we got one guy going to Columbia, one guy going to Michigan, and a couple other guys going to play, so they're all going to sign in February, but we we were the only two that signed today, but it was a nice little ceremony, and it was a great experience.
0: And, I mean – when, I mean, going back to your, your recruiting process, we, you know, we talked a little bit about it, you know, last week uh, for, for an article, a couple articles we'll have out there for you uh, on Bucky's fifth quarter. But, you know, when you're in the midst of that recruiting, your recruiting process, just going crazy, right. Uh, you know, where yeah. you, all of a sudden you're getting, you know, Michigan, Ohio state, Clemson, Alabama, what goes through your head as a teenager? I think that's one thing that I, I, I'm, Pretty sure ninety nine point nine percent of the fan base will never know about. Uh, but in, and you mentioned it too, yeah, you, to me. And you confirmed it with Jesse Temple way back in the summer. You had about 90, mm-hmm. 90 to a hundred texts or messages from uh, from coaches and whatnot. What what goes through your head when you have so you know that that much attention on you? And how did you deal with it?
2: Yeah, it was definitely flattering. It was fun to go through, but it did get very stressful at times. You got. What is it like? Ten coaches from one school texting you, telling you, asking you to call them. So you just got to, you just got to sort through it and try to get through without, without making it stressful. But it's kind of hard not to make it stressful. My main thing was just to have fun with it. Like I know a lot of guys would love to be in my shoes. They can't play football in college, but um, it's just, it's just a blessing to go through it. And you just got to see it that way and just try to have as much fun as possible.
0: And when you shut it down in in June. In, this, in the summer before you went to, you know, the, the, was it the opening finals and all that? And, yeah, well, yeah. you know, what, you know, I, I know you and I talked about it uh, in an interview last week, but for, for the podcast, just what went through, you know, what went through your mind? I saw, the, of course, clear mind was what you tweet tweeted. And then you had your, your note uh, in mm-hmm. more detail. What, what led you to that decision and and what stood out about Wisconsin about maintaining that commitment?
2: yeah there was a lot uh wisconsin from the start always told me what i what i needed to hear not only what i wanted to hear so they they kept it real with me and that was the one thing that i, I really loved uh throughout the entire throughout the entire process you have people telling you what you wanted to hear in a lot of cases that wasn't what i wanted to hear <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Just is the whole thing it was coach chris coach bud meyer and coach rudolph uh after getting an offer i'd call them and let them know and they'd, they'd still they'd, they'd always say we're still here for you or are you still here for us and i'm like yes sir like nothing's changing so throughout the whole thing it was uh, really the trust just kept building just getting stronger and stronger throughout it
0: and you know when it comes to if you're willing to divulge the information uh, what what was the craziest text you got from from someone like not not even just coach man just like everybody, like, I mean, the whole recruiting process, I'm sure you had people like media trying to get, figure out where your next steps are. I mean, was there a really crazy text or a message that you got where you're just like, what's going on? <laughs>
2: I mean, I got a couple of those. Um, one of them was, uh, there's one school. So a lot of the schools do like the crazy edit things where they make like really funny edits and send them to you. And then yeah. some just do, like, there's like weird edits. And one was, uh, there's one school that's close to a beach. I probably shouldn't say what school it is, but they put a they did an edit of me in a boat, and it was like a crazy edit like they did like, they probably spent like an hour on it. but the edit was so good, I was actually wondering if I was in the boat for a second when I saw it, so <laughs> I was very shocked at that one but that, that that was one school that kept telling me on the beach, and she just kept telling me there's there's a beautiful beach you got to come see and I thought that was pretty funny that's <laughs> like, hot. I, i'd rather i'd rather just go up to the north and just have a complete ice storm with uh, coach chris up there then go down to the beach so
0: <laughs> that is phenomenal wow i know like i can barely get my hands on photoshop and figure out how to work that stuff man i mean those, <laughs> we can do with photos nowadays i know you know nolan too uh badger Dig- digitals for those who oh, yeah. don't know nolan nolan does an, a, a fantastic job uh on those edits um when it comes to how? All right, fun question. How many interviews have you actually done now? I know. I think you you're on Zach, uh, my my good friend Zach Kyle I think uh, podcast. You've talked to me a couple of times. Like, who have you? Like, how many interviews have you actually done?
2: I have no idea. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I have I could not even put a ballpark around that. But uh, yeah, no idea. So generally, when you get an office in the school, you get probably eight to ten media guys from like 24 seven rivals and uh there used to be like scouts i don't know if that's still a thing but that was a thing like my sophomore junior summer but uh so every time you get an offer you get eight to ten and then every time you tweet another offer those old schools would still text you and ask you for an interview so uh, there were a lot of interviews
1: <laughs> i have no <laughs> idea
2: how many but there were there were a bunch
0: that was just, i can only imagine man uh you know with expectations coming up and you know, I know you have a very vocal, probably a small part of the fan base, but those that are very vocal and uh, you hear, you hear from them or you see tweets from them. But what if, the, what has the coaching staff said about you about expectations coming into your first, you know, you're, 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 enrolling early for those that don't know. Yep. Uh, I think I, I, you know, I led that off saying that you're coming, you're a month away from coming to mass. And so you're, you're one of a few that are coming up here for spring ball, but, what what are the expectations that they've kind of set you up on and, and what they expect out of you when you get up there and, and being a first-year quarterback?
2: Yeah, they're expecting me to come in and compete. Uh, just uh, I know the competition brings out the best of everyone, and uh, I'm ready to get in there and compete. That, that's my main thing. Uh, it's going to be a great time. When i have fun with it, work hard, and just my, my goal is just compete as hard as I can every single day.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, I was going to say, uh, when you – I was going to say, do you have any expectations for yourself where, I mean, I won't say depth chart wise, right. But it's just like how, I mean, what, in terms of what are the, I guess maybe expectations of, of learning the offense? Is it the the playbook, then motion, then, you know, the, the calls at the line. Uh, what, what's the breakdown for a quarterback like that in an offense like Paul's? Have you, have they talked to you? Have Coach Bodmeyer and Coach Chris talked to you about, though you know how to progress through learning the offense yet
2: yeah so I've been working on the offense for uh probably about months, month months and a half right now uh when coach Chris and coach Bud Meyer I, I'd go up there and visit and take a bunch of notes and then on these last home visits they can come down and I just take notes in my notebook about everything so we'd start with formations then formations lead to shifts and motions and then that led to pass protection and then pass protections led to pass game and then pass game led to run game and then that led to run checks, so we have we have a whole check we went through but uh started with personnel too so we we've we've been we've been getting after a little bit on that sense
0: yeah sounds like it uh and, and when when it comes to i guess with well, let's have some fun with fun fun it to, to end the interview we got i mean what's your favorite workout music well what's what's the one thing <laughs> that gets you going what's pumping you up oh, in there gosh. like i like i I try to get into the weight room with some pre-workout and, and try to like get crazy <laughs> uh you know and, and try to like get up some weights which i don't i'm i'm terrible right now at but what gets you going man
2: all right i'm let you in on a little secret so i'm a when i'm a when i'm working out i like like just straight hip-hop and rap and just like get it bumping in the headphones but no one knows this, but before games, I'm always like just smooth music, like just at, like straight Taylor Swift, just get in your zone before games. So I, uh, before <laughs> games, I'm a different guy when I'm from when I'm working out. So that's no one knows that, but you're the first one to know that. So exclusive congratulations.
0: <laughs> to Bucky's fifth podcast, folks. What does Graham Mertz listen to in the weight room compared to
2: on the field before
0: a game? We now know. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, you
2: gotta get you gotta get in the zone.
0: You got to, you got to, um, who's the funniest member of this 2019 class out for Wisconsin?
2: Jeez. I couldn't put one up there. They're, uh, okay. Yeah. Julius, uh, that's, he's probably number one. Uh, Hayden's very close to Joe's a very close three. So they're probably the top three, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they're all just, they're just goofy. That's, that's, that's how I describe this class. Just goofy.
0: I was gonna say, you know, I was I was listening to Paul, uh, Paul Christ on, on Big Ten Network a little earlier today, and you are saying that he you can make, you know, I think I have the transcription right right here. You have, you know, it said you can throw every type of ball. Uh, what's your favorite type of ball to throw? What's your favorite pass? You know, I talked to like a guy like John Stocko, and he said he he loved throw. He he could throw deep out really well, and he, you got you saw that like during his his junior and senior seasons at wisconsin what what's your favorite type of throw
2: i love anything deep and out so kind of like him i like deep comebacks and uh, deep outs so i love it i love working with the timing of you know, with receivers on that i just i feel like it's a great ball no one can defend it when you when you throw it well so that's my favorite ball to throw
0: and i was gonna say i asked spencer and logan this on monday let's say it's the end of the world and you gotta go save the world who from the class do you buddy up with to take on and 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 own the world?
2: Joe Tipman, without a doubt, that man. So his family's like crazy hunters, and he'll he'll send a picture of like their uh, whatever it is, like their hunting closet, or whatever, just straight camo, <laughs> like shotguns, everything imaginable in there. And So I'm I'm going straight to his house. I'm flying out there, where we're gonna save the world with him.
0: <laughs> oh man, I've uh, Grant, we're here with Graham Mertz, a uh, four-star quarterback, Wisconsin signee, early enrollee for the class of 2019. Last question for you, you know, expectations for not just you, but this class. And, you know, I talked to Spencer about, you know, about it on Monday and, you know, that was on la- uh, the last episode of Bucky's fifth podcast, but what, what are the expectations that you guys have for yourselves? Uh, I know there's a lot of outside noise and there's always going to be that outside distraction from a fan base, but what. What do you guys have for yourself? What What are your expectations that you guys have set for yourselves?
2: Yeah, we, we just want to be the best class that will ever come through there. Uh, I know that the rankings can say whatever they want, but we know that as soon as we get up there, we just got to produce. That, that's the main thing. We're we're all ready to get out there and get after it. And uh, really, it's just production for this class. We're all we all want to contribute, and we all want to we all want to have great success in the future. And I think that this is a great class that will have success in the future. And uh, we're we're all ready to produce, so we're excited.
0: Graham, it's been great having you on. Appreciate you uh, jumping on the podcast, man. Uh, Looking forward to covering you uh, just about, well, let's see, spring ball starts up in March, so just a few months away, man.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me on.
0: Guys, that's Graham Mertz. We'll wrap up the show in just a second here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Thank you again to Graham Mertz, now Wisconsin signee. That is signed, sealed, and delivered. Huge thanks to John McNamara from Rivals.com, BadgerBlitz.com, for him taking some time out of his busy schedule, he was up since like 4 a.m. I've been up since 5.30. I'm I'm running on fumes right now, but we're, we're getting this podcast episode out tonight so you guys can listen. Big thanks to everyone that's listening to the podcast this past week with Spencer Lytle, Logan Brown. You'll hear John and Graham on this show, obviously, but then coming up later this week, we had a third one coming up, folks. Muma Jungmeta, the inside linebacker. From the Chicagoland area. And then Leo Chanel, we're hoping to get a hold of as well to talk about uh, their journeys uh, to Madison. So make sure you guys stay tuned there. Again, a third episode dropping. We haven't had one for a few weeks. Decided to just buffer it all up for you guys, get it, all the early signing period coverage that you need, and talking to some of the commits that you'll be seeing playing on Saturdays coming up. Also on bucky's Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com, we got more analysis coming up, folks. We got. A wrap-up piece from Andrew Rosin, a Michigan Pipeline feature with Bob Wiedenhoft. Uh, put together. You know Bob. He likes his stats. He likes breaking things down. He's got a great article coming up there. I'll have a couple articles on Graham Mertz's journey, along with also uh, not just his journey, uh, but just talk about expectations of... of what wisconsin quarterback should go through his freshman year and we talked to bart houston john stocko along with his coach andy sims so really good stuff there you'll hear more about that uh coming up uh, later this week on bucky's fifth quarter but how do you if you want to tune in subscribe how else can you do it for bucky's fifth podcast well folks you got soundcloud but then you can also go on listen on itunes on google play on the TuneIn app. Subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. That means it comes right to your red... Boom. It's right there for you. So make sure you guys tune in that way. We'll catch you guys later this week for another edition, a third episode of Bucky's Fifth Podcast.